The following audio has been brought to you by Word of Grace Community Church. For more information about Word of Grace, visit wogcc.com. Well, good morning, everyone. We're going to continue in our series called Awakening Influence. And if you're taking notes, write this title down, Awakening Vision. Awakening Vision. I want to share with you my heart today and some direction that the Lord has given us just so the vision inside of all of us can be awakened and so you can also have clarity about where we as a church are going and where God has called us to. Our vision at Word of Grace is simple. David Van Dixhorn said it earlier, it's love God, love people, and serve the world. And we want to make disciples who are growing in each one of those things. Each one of those things kind of piggyback off of one another. We want people to grow in their love for God so they can love what God loves. And what does God love? He loves people. And because God loves people and because we love God, then we begin to love what God loves. And when we love people, it compels us to do something because that love isn't just meant to give us the warm fuzzies. It's meant to actually cause us to move to action. And that love that we have for God that causes us to love what God loves and that's loving people, it motivates us and moves us to want to serve, to serve everyone, to serve the world. And that's who God has called us to be. And in Matthew 28, Jesus gave us what we call the Great Commission for us to go into all the world and to make disciples. A disciple is a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ in its simplest terms. A fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. Someone who is in love with Jesus, who has abandoned their own selfish ambition to take up their cross and to follow Him. Someone who is growing in loving God, loving people, and serving the world. And as we each individually grow in our love for God, we serve people with the love of God so they can also begin to grow in loving God, loving people, and serving the world. And this becomes a mission, it becomes a vision, it becomes something that God has put in our hearts to do, to not just simply exist, not to just simply come to church on a Sunday morning and check our box and feel better about fulfilling our religious obligation, but instead we wake up each and every morning, regardless of what day of the week it may be, and know that God has graced us with another day, and know that God has given us another opportunity to love Him, to love people, and to serve the world, to be representatives of Jesus Christ in this earth, to where you and I are helping one another in this journey called life, and we're also reaching out to those who don't yet know Jesus Christ. And we're modeling for the world that may be lost and without hope and showing them the heart of the Father that we have gotten to know just a little bit that's impacted and influenced our lives, that we would use that God-given influence that He has put in us, in our sphere of influence, no matter how large or small, whether it be our immediate family, co-workers, a group of friends, but we use that influence to live for something greater, for someone greater, for a greater purpose than just to acquire a bunch of stuff and acquire a bunch of toys, have a nice house, have a nice retirement, have a nice life, take a few nice trips. Our life's purpose begins to be much bigger than any of those things, where we begin to live life for a purpose on purpose, and that is to show people the love that we have for God by loving them with that love as we grow in loving God, loving people, and serving the world. We are called to make an eternal impact with our lives. We believe that what we do as a church has eternal ramifications, 
This is not just something that we're doing because we're all bored or we want to have, you know, some habit or some type of uh, thing that we do every Sunday morning, some tradition in our family that we're trying to establish. What we do, we believe, spans far beyond tradition, spans far beyond just doing a good thing or attending a good service that made me feel good. We believe what we do has eternal impact eternal ramifications. Folks, we don't get eternity. I was having a conversation with someone just last week after the service about eternity and how we don't get it. We don't understand eternity because everything we know is temporal. Everything we know has a beginning and has an end. Eternity, man, we don't get that. No matter how hard we try to grasp it, no matter how well we can eloquently try to describe it with the most uh, descriptive words that we can think of, we don't get eternity. We don't because everything has a beginning and an ending for us. Everything is wrapped up in this temporary existence, but God sees everything, everything from an eternal perspective. That's why when we experience some measure of disappointment, some measure of pain, we immediately want to escape that pain or that disappointment and get away from that as quickly as possible because we don't like it. God sees the disappointments that we may experience, and God even sees some of the pain and suffering that we may experience as it's going to be all right. You're going to be okay because I'm seeing everything from an eternal perspective, and you can trust me along the journey. So as we grow in loving God and knowing Him more, we begin to get just a, just a little glimpse into eternity. I mean, a little glimpse into eternity, where we can begin to kind of understand there is a motivation behind why we do what we do that exceeds just the temporary experience that you and I have. And that that eternity, that eternal perspective, however small and finite that we may have of it, that it motivates us to do something different with our lives, to live our lives with a higher purpose than just temporary pursuits. Because we know we're called to make an eternal impact. We also believe that Jesus is the center, that He's the center of everything we do, we regularly quote certain scriptures around this church, and one of them is Matthew 6 and 33. It says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you. That was said in response to the disciples worrying about where they were going to get their next meal or where they were going to sleep, and they were asking Jesus, hey, you know, we're following you, but you know, we've kind of left everything. And he says, why are you guys worrying about this stuff? Don't you know I'm going to take care of you? Just seek first the eternal things, the things that matter most. And Jesus is the center at everything we do. He affects everything we do, including our life's priorities. Our church plays a role in impacting eternity. This church is not just for us because we believe we are conduits, not containers. We all have gifts, we all have talents, we all have passions that God has put on the inside of us, and He wants us to use those to influence eternity and make our time here on this earth count. This is why we, we narrow the focus of who God has called us as individuals to be. This is why we narrow the focus of who God has called Word of Grace, this local church body, to be. That's why we're different. I know there's a lot of churches here 
maybe in Sheboygan County, a lot of churches here in the Midwest, you go and say, wow, there's church on every corner in my neighborhood, but there's not a whole lot of churches like Word of Grace. And that's not because we think we're better, it's just because we've narrowed our focus to focus on the parts that God has called us to focus on, the things He's called us to do. So we are intentionally different on purpose. We're not just trying to be cool. We're not just trying to do something just because it's different. There is a purpose. There is a reason behind it because we have a conviction and a belief that we want to reach people in this area that no one else is reaching. So in order to do that, we have to creatively do things that no one else is willing to do to reach people no one else is willing to reach. If we really want to reach those people, if we really want that love of God in our hearts to help us to reach those people that God has called us to love so we can serve the world. We are convicted by the way we operate as a church. God has given our leadership what we believe to be God-directed, Holy Spirit-directed vision and focus. We're on a strategic path to strengthen what we have as a church while also expanding our reach to impact eternity, to make more disciples that love God, love people, and serve the world, because this is not just for us. Even the things that we receive, it's good. We want to receive things. That's awesome, and you should be receiving things. I want you to receive things as a part of this local church body, but it's not just so you can tank up all of these good things and store them for yourselves. It's not just so I can get full and feel good. It's not just so I can get full and have a great experience. It's not just so I can get full and feel more spiritual. No, we are conduits, not containers. And so that means that we are called to receive, yes, but then we're also called to do what, church? Help me out. To give, right? Scripture says, freely you have received, so freely give. So that means as you grow in loving God, loving people, and serving the world, you're, you're, you're receiving these great things. Now let it flow out of you. It's not meant to be an end to where it just stops. It can't stop. It can't stop. Then we'll be, if we allow it to stop with us, then we'll have one of those unfortunate statements like the opening of the book of Judges after all of the children of Israel had experienced God's miraculous power the Bible says after all the generation that experienced that died, Judges chapter 1 says that there rose up another generation after them that didn't know the Lord. That's because they became containers and not conduits. They only thought about themselves. They only thought about what they could get. Can you imagine after crossing the Red Sea, after seeing Pharaoh's army drown, after seeing Moses given the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai, after waking up every morning and eating manna from heaven, after seeing God deliver you from the hand of those people in Jericho that would want to destroy you, and you didn't even have to go to battle and fight them, you just marched around the city and the walls came down, and then a generation rose up after them that did not know the Lord? Come on! Somebody was a container, not a conduit. Matter of fact, an entire generation decided that it was all about them and all for them, and they didn't think about anyone else but themselves. We are conduits, not containers. This is not just a cute little statement we have. This is a conviction in which we operate by, a conviction in which we live by, a conviction in which our church moves forward by. So as we awaken vision, as we awaken gifts, as we awaken influence that God has called us to, church, we've got to realize that this vision He's called us to is much bigger than any individual. 
It takes all of us together. A vision, it matures in us. It, it starts as an idea. It starts as perhaps maybe an opportunity. It starts as just maybe this great thought of what could be. And then as what could be begins to mature and morph and shape into what should be, it becomes a vision worth following. Because what could be has changed into what should be. And what should be begins to grip our hearts and help us see things we didn't see before. And then we begin to be convicted by it at a, at a deeper level. And there's a sense of urgency attached to it. And because we sense this urgency of what should be, it has moved and transitioned from a dream to a vision that God has put in us, that He's given us practical, applicable steps to take to trust Him every step along the way to walk with Him through this thing called life so we can grow as both disciples and disciple makers who are loving God, loving people, and serving the world. And so if a vision is from God, it's going to require some things. It's going to require courage. It's going to require change. It's going to require evaluation. And if it truly is from God, it's going to require faith. It will test your faith. And in 2018, there's three things that I want us as a church family to focus on. And I want to give you these three things. And these are things I want you to pray about. What's your role? I want you to pray about uh, God moving and opening doors for us as we move through this process and for wisdom for those in leadership to make wise decisions along the way. And so watch your role. God, give us wisdom and give us open doors and opportunity and help us follow your spirit and your timing. And these are the three things that we're going to do in 2018. We're going to grow stronger, we're going to reach farther, and we're going to ready up. Those are the three things we're going to do. Say that with me. Grow stronger, reach farther, ready up. One more time like you mean it. Grow stronger, reach farther, and ready up. All right, this is how we're going to awaken the vision and grow stronger, reach farther, and ready up in 2018. We're going to grow stronger as a church by strengthening what we have. We want to strengthen what we have. We don't just want to go out and just develop a bunch of new things. That exhausts us as a leadership team. It exhausts our church family. It just like wears out our team walk. It wears out different people and situations. And we aren't necessarily committed to anything at that point. So we're going to commit to what we've already developed. We're going to commit to two primary uh, avenues that God has given us that we are convicted about as tools in our church to make disciples who are growing in loving God, loving people, and serving the world. And if you've been going here longer than probably a month, you probably know what those two things are. They are community groups and team walk. Those are the two things that we're going to commit to develop and strengthen so we can grow stronger to develop what we already have. So that means we want to develop more leaders. We want to grow more people in that space so that they can grow as disciples. Because we have a value here at Word of Grace that we say discipleship happens best in the context of relationships. So if we're called to make disciples... That means we need to have relationship with other people in order to be making disciples and ourselves being discipled, right? Because I'm not going to go very far with people that I don't really know, people I don't really trust. I'll be friendly, maybe, but the things that I'm really struggling with that I really need to be sharpened on or challenged on or encouraged on, a lot of those things I'm not going to open up to people until there's trust established. So we want people to have those opportunities to build trust and to serve God together and to do life together. And because of that, we believe we want to strengthen what we have in Team Wagon community groups. We're going to reach farther 
by expanding our weekend service in two ways. We're going to expand our weekend service over in our commons area, and that's going to launch this Easter. We've been working on it, and we've been testing it, and Pastor Stephen and his team have been working uh, to perfect this thing to make sure that it's quality, make sure it's done right. It's not just going to be a screen where people sit and watch and eat popcorn. That's not what we're into. That's not what we're doing. We're spending a lot of time developing this and making it a, a, an experience to where people can be worshiping God and just be out there, and, and, and there's going to be some more... Um, more things come along with that as we talk about it further down the road. So that's one piece of reaching farther. But the other piece is that in September, our goal is to launch what we're going to call Word of Grace Online, where we're actually going to take the service live online, the entire service from start to finish. And it's going to not just be uh, just the service playing, but there's going to be the service, and right next to it is going to be an interactive chat area where people can actually take prayer requests. People can actually interact with people from our congregation where people can actually be a part of a community and find what next steps they need to take in their walk with God. It's not just a substitute for someone coming to church. No, we want to make it an outreach and an enlarging of a window so people can see what God is doing here at the church. So by September, Word of Grace is going to have a worldwide reach every single Sunday. And it's going to be absolutely fantastic. So we're going to grow stronger by strengthening what we have. We're going to reach farther by leveraging the tools and the gifts and the talents that he's put in this church to be able to empower us to reach more people. And then ready up, we're going to get ready for a third service. In 2019, we would like to be ready with Team WOG and with the volunteer structure that we have here at Word of Grace to be able to launch a third service to be able to expand our reach. We don't know what day of the week yet. We've taken a few polls, and some of you have, given, have weighed in on that, and we'll do some more church sampling, and we'll try to figure out what God uh, wants us to do as well as uh, you know, how He's leading us with every step of this deal. And we don't want to launch it until we have Team WOG strengthened. And so right now, we have 216 people who are serving on Team WOG, and that is amazing because Team WOG is just one year old, and so that's pretty stinking cool. So I'm pretty pumped about the fact that we have 216 people serving on Team WOG. For us to launch a third service, we need 300 people total, all right, in Team WOG. So you do the math, figure out how many we need, and maybe you're one of those people. And if you're already serving on Team WOG, we need you to step up. We need you to step up. If you've been only committing once every three months, we would ask you to evaluate your commitment. Can you make it work to where you can commit uh, at least a minimum of once a month in a service? If you could do that, that would help to strengthen Team WOG as well. So we're going to need to continue to build and develop those things in order to offer that third service because there's a lot of people in our community who work in the hospitality industry. I don't know if you know this or not. Maybe you're one of them, and this happens to be your off day. There's also a lot of shift work in Sheboygan County. And we're grateful for those jobs, but those people aren't always able to come and to be in church. And so we want to make sure we're providing more opportunities for people to connect. We want to make sure that there's more opportunities for people to worship God together, for them to hear the message together, because we believe that we have a message that's worth sharing. Amen? And so because of that, we want to use every platform available to us that we can, that God has gifted us with people who understand how that works, because I don't understand how all that works. Pastor Stephen understands how all that works, and God's put him in our church, and I thank God for him, and I'm grateful that he knows how to do those things and how to train and teach people how to do those things so we can build that team. But this is going to enable us to get the message out so people can hear the truth of God's word in a way they can understand. That's the number one thing that we hear all the time. People say, I love coming to Word of Grace because I can actually understand the Bible. 
I don't feel like I'm being talked down to. I feel like I'm, at, but I don't feel like it's, it's watered down or it's, you're throwing me a softball either. And I'm like, that's good because we don't want to do either one of those things. I would never want to talk down to you, make you feel like I'm some sort of elitist teacher that's speaking so far above you and I'm just so educated and smart. I'm, I'm regular people, all right? If you get to know me really well, you're going to find out Pastor Derek's about as regular people as they come. But the thing is, is that we also want to preach the truth of God's Word without any type of, uh, of obstacle in the way. So here's my commitment to you, and I've made this commitment to you several times, but I'll make it again just to reaffirm it. I will always preach the Word of God to you as the Word of God is written without putting my own spin on it, all right? I will always preach this Word because this is my job, this is my calling, this is my gifting to preach it to you without having to make excuses for God without diluting it with my own tradition, without diluting it with my own religious perspective. Instead, I want to say, God, you show me you in Scripture, and I want to share who you are with our church family. And so we want to make sure we always do that in context. We're big on context here at Word of Grace. So that way we're not making a copy and paste scrapbook version where you have your little cricket out and you're making all your little cuts and all your you know, stuff with making your own personalized version of the Bible. We don't do that here at Word of Grace. And we're not going to do that at Word of Grace. We're going to hold truth to the, and we're going to hold, we're going to hold fast to the truth of the Word of God. But here's the beautiful thing about us being able to reach farther, is that now it's not only those of you who are in here that get to hear that and experience that on a Sunday morning. Now it's not only those who are in this room, but there's going to be people who will be out in that room. So we're making more space. We're using the space God's given us because I'm a big believer in us using what we have in our hand. You know, I, I, I think I've shown you that, that, that it's important for us to maximize what we've got. So yeah, we've built some walls and torn them down, and we've done that a few times. You know why? We're just trying to use what we've got to the best of our ability. When God came to Moses and he said, hey Moses, I want you to lead my people out of slavery. They've been in slavery for 400 years. Enough's enough. I want you to lead them out of slavery. You're going to be the leader. And he says, God, I don't talk good. God, they hate me. They don't like me. And he began to go down this laundry list of all these excuses of why he felt so inadequate and disqualified. And God asks him a very unusual question in that moment. If you read that story in Exodus where he says, what's in your hand? A stick. He said, well, throw it on the ground. Threw it on the ground and it turned into a snake. I don't know if Moses was scared of snakes or not, but I bet you he was scared of that. And God said, pick it back up. I don't know which one was the bigger test of faith, the throwing it down or the picking it back up. <laughs> he reached down and he picks up the snake, and what happened? It turned back into a stick. He said, go into Pharaoh's presence and go throw that stick down and let him know that I am has sent you. And God asked Moses, what's in your hand? And I believe God is asking us what's in our hand and, and, and just allegorically asking us what's in our hand. What do we have? What does he put? Instead of us focusing on our excuses like Moses was, what, what has he given us that we can go, okay, what's in our hand? What do we have that we can't do with necessarily in our own strength, but if we will give it to God and release it to God, he could do something with it we could never have done with it that we could never have done the things that He has called us to do with what we have. But if we release it to Him and trust it to Him and obey Him and do what He says, He can do things that we never could have thought of. 
And then I also look at the gifts that God has given us as a church, the, the influence, the, the, the things that He's put on the inside of you. Last week we talked about awakening gifts and waking up to the fact that you all have gifts and you have a role and, and you have things God has put on the inside of you. And so you got to stir up the gift that is on the inside of you. And because we need to stir it up, that means each one of us has a purpose. Each one of us has a gift. And God wants you to use that to affect and impact eternity in some way, shape, or form. Doesn't mean everybody's going to be teaching the Bible. Doesn't mean everyone is going to be filling the same role. But all of us, just like our body, it, it's this body of Christ where we all work together to begin to do what He has called us to do to reach the people that He has called us to reach. A true vision from God requires God. Because of that, we have a value here at Word of Grace that we think big. We dream big, but we start small. God always puts vision in front of people that is beyond their ability. He always does this. Go over to Genesis chapter 17. I'll prove it to you. Genesis chapter 17. Let's read in verse 1. Genesis 17 and verse 1. And Abram was 99 years old. That's old. <laughs> Abram was 99 years old, and the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me blameless, that I may make my covenant between me and you, and may multiply you greatly. Then Abram fell on his face, and God said to him, Behold, my covenant, my promise is with you, and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make you into nations, and kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and for your offspring after you. 99 years old. God came to Abram and gave him a new name. A name that meant a father of many nations. He's 99 years old, ain't got no kids. <laughs> Not only was he old, but he was old with no kids. And I'm sure that he was wondering, how's this going to work? And his wife was old too. And so you've got these two people who are past the prime for being able to have, conceive, and bear children. And God says, hey, I pick you. He didn't even say Abraham had anything to do with it, did he? He said, well, you're so awesome, Abraham. I'll make a deal with you. This wasn't a deal. If you read Genesis 17, this was a one-sided transaction. God said, I will. He didn't say, you got to do all of this stuff. He said, I'm going to do this. I will do this. I will make you. I will, I will, I will. God said, I'm taking the responsibility. All you got to do is trust me and know that I'm going to do what I say. And you would think that when God comes to you and says, hey, new name. 
stretches you beyond what's comfortable, gives you a vision beyond what you can do in the, in the natural. That if God's going to come to me and share this with me and do this, I just have to trust Him instead of trying to make it happen. But did Abraham do that? No. Abraham and his wife were trying to figure it out, help God along. God, we're just going to help you out. Abraham's going to go sleep with one of the servants and get her pregnant because maybe, you know, maybe he can make it work. She may be young enough to have a kid, and she does, and then they have Ishmael, and they have all these problems, and that wasn't the promise, and God said, no, 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 no. That's not the way I want to do it. When I said I will, I meant I will. I didn't mean I will, and you got to come help me out. He said, I will. You can trust. You can take it to the bank. I'll do it. Because if God has given you a vision and stretched you beyond your normal abilities, good. Because that means He gets all the glory for when it actually happens. And you can't look back and go, hey God, we're pretty good partners, right? I was listening to a pastor preach a couple weeks ago on YouTube, and he made this statement that has been haunting me for the past two weeks when he said it. He, and he was speaking to a group of pastors. He said, Pastor, he said, Jesus doesn't want to be a part of your ministry. And I was like, oh, snap. He said, stop inviting Jesus to be a part of your ministry. He doesn't want to be a part of it. Instead, why don't we say, Jesus, we want to be a part of what you're doing. We want to be a part of what you're doing instead of asking you just to bless and do what uh, and come do with us. Instead, why don't we jump on with what he's doing in the earth and say, hey, let's get on the, the, this thing that he's trying to lead and he's doing instead of us trying to get him on board with our ideas. Because a true vision from God is going to require God. Vision from God will cause you to be stretched, but that's what faith is. That's what faith is. It's a stretching beyond your own strength and trusting in God's strength. That's what faith is, trusting in God's Word, trusting in what He has said, trusting in who He is. James 1 and 3 says, For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has had a chance to grow. Oh, man. When your faith is tested, your endurance has had a chance to grow. Now, in this scripture, James tells us to be thankful for trials because they stretch us, they test us, but they cause us to grow in faith. James says, count it all joy when you're tested. Count it all joy when you're, you're brought to the end of your rope, when you're brought to the end of your ability, because you know when that happens, this is actually growing your faith. This is actually causing you to deepen your, your trust in God because part of this faith journey is going through seasons of discomfort. It's going through seasons of inconvenience. It's going through seasons of, eh, I'd rather it not be that way. And if anyone else is preaching it to you any other way, stop listening to them because that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that there's going to be challenges. There's going to be trials. Sometimes there are things that are a result of our own error and our own ignorance or arrogance, but sometimes they're just things that happen in life. But when those things come, when those things are tested, man, count it all joy because you know when you're tested in these things that God's working something in you. It, your endurance is growing. Your trust, your faith in Him is growing. God stretches our thinking to, to, to see our responsibility to see the gifts He's given us, to see our role in this thing. 
the church is not somewhere we go. It's who we are. I'm going to say that again, and it's on the screen, and you can read, I know. But I'm not sure if you believe this or not. Yeah, the church is somewhere we go in the sense of you go to Word of Grace. I get it. But the church is just not somewhere we go. It's who we are. We all have a role to play in this thing. And it's not just a Sunday thing for us. It's an eternal impact thing. There's a greater weight to this. There's a greater part to this. That he's called all of us to be a part of. Not just me. Not just people who are on staff. Not just people that you call pastor. Not just people that you look at as some sort of spiritual leader in the church or someone who may be a board member or someone who may be a teacher in one of our classes. No, no, no. Every single one of us have a role to play in this thing. Ephesians 4 and 11 says that He gave the apostles, prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers to equip the saints for the working of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until we attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning and craftiness and deceitful schemes. So when wrong doctrine comes along, when some new fad comes along, you can stay grounded in the truth. When some challenge comes along that makes you question God's faithfulness and God's goodness and who He is, that you are grounded on the solid rock in which you stand and all other ground is sinking sand. Amen, somebody. That you can stand on this thing and you can know what you believe, why you believe it, and you can know more of who God is and that He's worthy to be trusted. We're all helping each other to do that. That's called discipleship. That's called maturity. That's called growing in Christ. And we're all supposed to be a part of helping make that happen. Verse 15, rather speak the truth in love. We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint which is equipped when each part is working properly it causes the body to grow so it builds itself up in love. It says every joint, every part is knit together. And then it all begins to work. And I don't know how your body may work necessarily. Maybe you have something strange going on that we need to talk about or go get checked out. But what, I, what I'm pretty sure is that God designed all of our bodies to have different parts. That the different parts that they all work together, not solo on their own. If you try to take a part of your body and it operates solo, it just doesn't work. It requires other parts to help along. Even in weightlifting, when you're weightlifting and you're, you're trying to move certain weights, you can't just isolate one single muscle You've got to have some other muscles want to recruit and help because you just can't work that one single muscle by itself. You can try to focus on it. You can try to help that one to grow more because maybe it's weaker than others, but it still takes the whole body because you don't stop breathing. Your brain doesn't stop working. 
You need your hands or you need your legs or you need your feet. You can't just say, I don't need you. I got this all on my own. I'm just going to work this one thing. I want this one piece to get stronger. No, it requires a working together, and so does the body of Christ getting stronger. It requires all of us working together, all of us doing our part, all of us doing our share, and that's what the book of Ephesians is trying to say as Paul's writing. He's saying, every one of you is significant. Every single part of the body matters. Every single piece matters. And if we live with this belief the church is somewhere we go, it's not who we are, we understand we're one of those parts. We're one of those parts. And we have a role. And we understand eternity is at stake. It's with this belief that we will sacrifice our time, our talent, our treasure for something bigger than any one person. Luke 12 and 34 says, Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We lead the way with irrational generosity in every aspect of our lives because we realize we're bought with a price. That's why we sacrifice our time. People say, why are you spending so much time with those Christian people? Why are you spending so much time at the church? Why are you spending so much time doing things that have to do with God all the time? People may question that on the outside and they may not understand why you're so irrationally generous with your time. They definitely don't understand when you become irrationally generous with your finances because they think, why are you doing that? Why are you spending money to help reach people in Haiti? You'll never meet those people. Why are you spending money to send a team down there? Why do you uh, invest in, in this area or that area? Why, why are you putting money into, in, into beaming a, a video signal all over the world? Why are you doing these things? It doesn't make sense. Yeah, we're going to lead the way with irrational generosity that does not make sense to the world. But we have an eternal purpose. Amen, somebody? And we give of our talents. I've heard some people say, don't you know you could use that talent and make so much money because you're just so talented in this area or that area? Why are you just giving that talent away for free to people at a church or to people in your community? Or why are you doing that? It doesn't make sense. You guys know the YouVersion Bible app? How many of you have that on your phone? Raise your hand. You have the YouVersion Bible app. That, yep, a lot of you in this room have the YouVersion Bible app. You know that that app is completely free and it's the number one downloaded app in the world? Did you know that? It is the number one downloaded app. It was made by uh, some people from a church in Edmond, Oklahoma that's called Life Church. And at Life Church, they made this Bible app because they just wanted to have people to have access to the Bible all over the world. And it's completely free, and they've never made a dime off of it. You know how many people have come to them and said, why don't you just start you know, putting some marketing dollars behind this? Why don't you just start doing this this way? Why don't you start kind of attaching a dollar amount to your, to your talent? And they're like, no, we've got a bigger purpose. We've got a bigger purpose. So we're, we're going to give this thing away. People question that. People in the world that don't know Christ, that don't have eternal perspective, they're scratching their heads going, this is a money-making machine. This thing has millions and millions of downloads. It doesn't make sense. Why are you going to give it away? Because somebody caught a vision. They're going to lead the way with irrational generosity, with their time, with their talent with their gifts, with their, with their treasure, and we're grateful for that. Serving God causes us to willingly sacrifice because there is a purpose, a vision that compels us to give our lives to impact others, to strive to make other people know and feel valued because we love them with the love of God, and they begin to know and feel the value because of the way we love them. People can grow up in loving God, loving people, and serving the world 
That's why we're narrowing our focus, because we, we give up things that we love and things that maybe even are good things for things we love even more because we have a higher calling. We have a bigger purpose. We willingly sacrifice because we know how that sacrifice impacts eternity. So what is your role? What is your responsibility with the gifts God has given you as a part of this vision? A vision that compels us to give our lives to impact others. It takes committed people willing to trust God, willing to be stretched, willing to be stretched to see a vision accomplished, to commit to be faithful, to be a part of something bigger than any one individual. Because it's not about me, it's not about any individual, it's about all of us together as the body of Christ, believing that the church is just not somewhere we go, but is who we are, that we are the body of Christ every day, that we are representatives of Christ every day at work, at the grocery store, yes, on Sundays too, but every single day at home with your family, we're still representing Christ to our wives, to our husbands, to our children, to our grandchildren, to our nieces and nephews, and to everyone. That we're representing Christ. This is who we're called to be. I don't know if you picked this little subtle hint up or not, but I'll clarify it for you just in case you haven't picked it up. We're not playing games. We're pretty serious about this. This is not just a religious activity. This is not just something that we just want to be casual about with our lives. No, we believe we're called to a greater purpose to impact eternity. And I hope that you've heard my heart this morning and that you're asking the question, what's my role? Because I'm inviting you to be a part of this. I'm inviting you to be a part of growing stronger I'm inviting you to be a part of reaching farther. I'm inviting you to be a part of getting ready for what's next. I'm asking you to trust God. I'm asking you to step out of what is convenient and step into the things that may be inconvenient to where you would position yourself to be willingly inconvenienced and sacrificed because you're convicted that eternity matters more, whether that's with your time, talent, treasure, or at some point all three that God is calling you to, to awaken to vision, to begin to say yes to opportunities that are in front of you, to help us to grow as a church and to mature as Christians and followers of Christ. So I've shared with you my heart and vision, and we want to grow stronger and see ourselves just continue to grow as Team WOG and community groups. There's empty spaces on that community group wall. I want to see them filled in 2018. There's 50 slots on that wall. There's 15 filled right now. That means 35. I had it written down. Don't be impressed. 35 left. That doesn't mean that 35 is all we're going to say yes to. Heck, I'll say yes to 100 more. God's putting that on your heart. We'll just build a bigger wall. But every time I see another community group put up on that wall, you know what I see? I see another opportunity for someone to get connected in a life-giving, discipling relationship to where they're going to grow deeper in loving God, loving people, and serving the world. 
When I see another person join Team WAG or a person go through the different levels in Team WAG and become a, a, a different level leader to empower us to be able to do more and empower more leaders, I see another person saying yes to an opportunity to grow in loving God, loving people, and serving the world, and to help others grow in loving God, loving people, and serving the world. When I see someone say yes to helping on our video team, or I see another person saying yes to helping us reach farther, to enable us to do what God's called us to do. If you don't know how to do it, don't worry. Nobody comes out of this thing prepackaged. That's why we have Pastor Stephen. He'll show you how to do it. But you could be a part of helping make this thing happen, whether you're an out-front person or a behind-the-scenes person. There's a, there's a place for you on Team Wog. We want to grow stronger. We want to reach farther. We're going to begin developing more and more of this piece out here with our overflow area in the commons. You're going to hear more about it as the weeks come because we're really starting to ramp up. We've been working on this for a, a, about a year now. And we've been very disciplined and we've been trying to hit all of our goals, and so far we've done that, and we're proud of that. And then this is going to enable us to be able to reach the next goal, which is to launch in September our live online stream. We could do the stream now, but we want to do it with excellence. And because we want to do it with excellence, we want to make sure we have everything right. We're going to redesign the website. We're going to redesign the app. We're going to make it more user-friendly. We're going to enable people to connect. And then the next step after that is this is going to put us in a position, church, to where we're going to be able to reach people that no one else is reaching. God's put it on our heart to take this message and take the ministry that God has called Word of Grace to into jails and prisons to where we can take that signal and then we can take also team WOG and community groups inside of the jail as well to where it's not just something that inmates are just viewing, but it's something we invite them to be a part of. We're going to ask the question, how can we get them plugged into Team WOG right there while they're incarcerated? How can we get them plugged into a community group while they're incarcerated so they're a part of something? And then we want to take it even further to the next step. We want to take it into nursing homes where there are people that are very much isolated. Yet again, you see, we have to think creatively to reach people no one else is reaching to where we not only take the message in the weekend service through our video signal into the nursing home, but we also take people in there who are willing to do community groups with the residents, who are willing to take Team WOG into the assisted living areas to where they may be able to empower a resident to be able to serve on Team WOG, to greet someone, to hand out a bulletin, to creatively somehow engage them and involve them, to let them know you're still valuable, you have a part, and you can be a part of our church even though you physically can't be here, to empower the inmates, to empower the those in the nursing home, to, to begin to expand our reach and then also to go into churches that may be struggling and hurting. Churches that may be on the brink of shutting down because they lack leadership or structure. That we will be able to step in with confidence and with a plan and with a team and be able to help them, whether it be for a season or whether it be something that's more long-term. And then next we begin to take that into other areas that are underserved where a ministry like Word of Grace doesn't even exist and we can begin to plant new churches. But it all starts with an overflow area right out here. That's where it starts. We're thinking big, but we got to start small. And then you never know. I know that right now that there's people who watch the video of me teaching that are in Australia and that are in uh, Hawaii 
because we've had them interact with us before and say, we watch you every week. One person who's in Hawaii sent a message that says that they have a Bible study around the weekend message that I teach because they're so blessed by the ministry with what we do here at Word of Grace. You get to be a part of this, okay? Are you catching this today? Are you picking up what I'm putting down? This is bigger than Sheboygan Falls. This is bigger than you or me. This is taking the gospel into areas where the gospel maybe not be presented in the way that God has called us to present it, to reach people that haven't been reached, that aren't being reached. And God's given us the opportunity, and it's, it's going to take time to develop all those pieces, so don't get overwhelmed and think it's all going to happen this year or next year. We have a plan, we have a strategy that we believe is from the Lord, and in 2018, in order to see that thing happen, we're going to grow stronger. We're going to position ourselves to reach farther, and we're going to get ready for what's next. What's your role? What's your part? What's God calling you to do? Is it get connected to Team Wog? Is it get connected to community groups? Is it engaged with the gifts that He's awakened on the inside of you that He's saying, hey, stir it up. Stir it up. Get plugged in. Stir it up. Stir it up. That's your responsibility to stir that up. I want to give you an opportunity and invite you to be a part of what God's doing as He's awakening this vision to grow in loving God, loving people, serving the world. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity to share my heart and share this vision with our church. I pray, Father, that you would help each one of us to be stirred up and move to action, to grow stronger, to reach farther, to ready up, to make preparations, Father, for what's next so we can expand the reach of your word to those who are underserved or those who have not yet been reached. We pray you help us to continue to grow in making disciples who are growing in loving God, loving people, and serving the world. I pray you show each person, Father, how to get connected, what their role is, what their part is, what their next step is. And I pray you give them the courage to take it and to quit making the excuses that they begin to take that step into maturity, that step into growth, that step into connection, no matter how much it may stretch. I pray they would just trust you through the stretching. They would trust you in the step. Maybe they've been burned before. I pray you give them confidence. Help them to heal. Maybe they've been disappointed before, frustrated before. Lord, I pray you help them to heal. Give them confidence. Help them, Lord, to trust in you as you're calling us to grow stronger, reach farther, and ready up. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this sermon from Word of Grace. For more sermons or any other information, visit wogcc.com.